I had a friend who bought a brand new car. Now, when I say brand new, I don't mean new to him. I mean that he had a brand new car that was right off the lot. I mean, this thing had like three miles on it, right? I mean, the kind that they just had to kind of drive it around the block and make sure that everything worked all right. And he's driving home so happy, elated about his brand new car, the new leather smell, uh, the way that the air came out of the air conditioner. You know what I'm talking about. And then he's going um, to his house and he pulls in to the parking lot of his condo complex. The parking lot is actually a parking building and he pulls in, he's so happy about his brand new cars, a Subaru actually, uh, an Outback. Who wants that? I want that car, yeah. And so he drives in and he's pulling in, he takes a left right into his parking spot which is designated and then all of a sudden it hits him. And his stomach sinks. He had scraped the side of his brand new car right up against the column in the parking structure that was, ne that was next to his parking spot. Man. And then he said, I cried. <laughs> regrets. What do we do with our regrets? And it's not just uh, the decisions that we make that have uh, us leave us with financial regrets or the decisions that we make that leave us with physical regrets, but, but what about the decisions that we make that leave us with moral regrets? I think we've been going through a series on uh, looking at catechism questions and I think the catechism question that we're looking at today and the text uh, that I'm going to teach from has a, a lot to do with that question. Well, let me pray for us. But as we now look at your word, we ask that you would convince us of the love of Jesus, of the power of his work, that you would that you would give us bright hope for tomorrow and peace for today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, I don't know if you're comfortable out there, but I think now is a great time to go to an outdoor movie, don't you? I mean, we can't really go to movie theaters anymore. It's summer. It's beautiful out. Uh, you know, it's warmer later at night. Why not? go to a movie at night. And I don't even know if they're doing the movies in the park anymore. So I have a quick announcement to make. We're actually going to play a movie after the service. So if you want to stick around, you're welcome to. The movie is called, well, I don't know, Sean, can you see this, the title? Your Life. Can you see that? It's called Your Life. You're saying like Your Life. I mean, don't yeah, You should come to this movie. You're like, wait, I, I don't know. Do I even know the actors? Will I even like it? Yes, I know you know the actors. In fact, the lead actor is one of your favorite people in the whole world. It's actually you. And this movie, Your Life, it, 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 it contains, see, we had exclusive footage. And we were able to get behind the scenes. And we were able to see everything that you have ever done in all of your life from birth until, well, this moment. 
Uh, and so we are really excited to show this. I mean, yes, it's a long life. There are some boring parts, you know, all that sleeping in the middle of the night stuff. Except when you were sleepwalking or like hitting yourself in the face, that's kind of funny. But we had so much juicy stuff that we even had to edit out half of it. I mean, or a lot more than that. But we're going to be showing this after. And, and it gets better. I've got more. We have figured out a way through um, through this reconstructing uh, this this uh, this mechanism that reconstructs your neurons and brain waves, we are actually able to reconstruct every thought that you have ever had, and we have it in subtitles. It's closed caption. I mean, these things have been ADA approved. Okay, so so there's been a lot of buzz for this film. And I think that we're gonna sell it tonight. We're gonna to sell out actually for the next several. We're gonna show this every night for the next four months. But here's the good news. I mean, the whole city, we're telling the whole city about it. A lot of people wanna see this. But, but here's the thing. Anytime you wanna come, we've reserved a seat for you right here. That's why nobody's sitting there. Cause you can come and watch this film about your life that stars you. Who wants to come see this film? Aren't you excited? I, I mean, how are you feeling right now about this film? Well, I want you to keep that feeling in your mind as you listen to Paul's words in Romans chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. Paul writes, Whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Uh, Paul says that, that, that we all have a standard, a, a code. Uh, and this code is something that we use, this standard, to see how we're doing. We measure ourselves by it, we measure other people by it, and we all know that, that we have a standard, and we all know other people have a standard. And so, and so we try to live up to the standard. We try to live up to our standard. And we also try to live up to the standards of those who we really value their opinion. And when we do this, this, this law, we try to live under this law. We, we try to do so so that we can feel like our life is valuable, worthwhile, justified. But here's the question. When you have that standard in your mind, and then you play that movie, how do you measure up? How do you measure up to other people's standards? How do, how do you measure up to your own standard? Well, Paul, Paul tells us, I think, where we're left, probably how you're feeling right now and how you would be feeling to sit right here and watch that movie. We're speechless so that the whole world may be stopped. We're left accountable. The whole world may be held accountable. And we're left guilty through the law, through the standard, comes knowledge of sin. Sin, this idea that we have not measured up, that, that our lives actually don't meet the mark, that, that they fall short. For all have fallen, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But you can breathe easy. 
because we all know that that movie doesn't exist, right? So we know, I just wrote your life on here. Actually, I didn't do it because I can't even read my own handwriting, and so Kira did it. But we all know that this movie doesn't exist, and so we can breathe easy and we cannot worry about it, except for the fact that it does exist. It kind of exists in all of our own minds, doesn't it? At least a large part of it. It's why we spend most of our lives trying to conceal and hide. It's why we try to make up for and make amends and try to show that somehow, in spite of all the things that we have done that don't meet the standard, we can actually meet the standard. It exists in our own minds, but it also exists somewhere else. There's a full copy of the movie. It plays in the throne room of God. And did you notice what Paul says? He says that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to who? To your boss? To your neighbor? To your friend? Uh, to, to your peers, to the intelligentsia? No, and not even to yourself, but that the whole world may be accountable to God. Verse 20, for by works of law, no human being will be justified in his, that is God's sight, the God who sees all and who knows all. You see, that movie exists. And that's why Psalm 130, verse 4 says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities. If you, O Lord, should play that movie with red pen in hand. Who could stand? Who could be found accepted and acceptable? So here's the question. What do we do with our failures? What do we do with our regrets? We keep reading. We keep reading. Because the next word in Romans 3, it, 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 it's the most important theological word that there might be. It's the richest theological word, maybe, in the whole Bible. And do you know what that word is? It's not the word propitiation, and it's not the word atoning sacrifice. It's, it's none of those words. You know what, the, what I think one of the most rich and important theological words is in the whole Bible? But. But. There are a lot of beautiful buts in the Bible. Psalm 130, verse 4. If you should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Or, or think of Ephesians 2. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. But God. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now. 
But now, Paul says, the righteousness of God, the acceptability, the standard of God, a way of meeting it has been manifest apart from the law and the prophets of the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Paul is saying now there is a way to be found accepted and acceptable before God. And, and it's a way that's that's apart from separate from all these standards, your own, the world's and most importantly, even God's, because that's the one that matters. How? Well, it's not through hiding and it's not, not through amending. Paul says it's through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 24. It's through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus that God can can count us accepted and acceptable. Why? Because verse 25, God put forward Jesus as a propitiation by his blood. Propitiation, that's a big word. It's a strange word. It's not a word that we use a lot. What on earth does it mean? I used to ride my bike uh, every day in England to work. When I would go to England every day uh, to work, about 300 days a year, it was raining. I found out something very quickly. Rain and bike rides do not go well together, especially when that rain usually is coming down in around the 40 degree range. Okay? You are cold, you are wet, you are hurting the rest of the day. It is awful. Your, 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 your socks are soaked. I mean, it was horrible. And that was just a light rain. But what about when it was a heavy rain? Well, that was, that was even worse. I mean, why even get out? And so what I did was I went online and I decided it was worth it to purchase the best outdoor water Gore-Tex equipment that I could find. And I got it from head to toe. I had Gore-Tex pants that I put on. I had a Gore-Tex jacket that I put on. I had a Gore-Tex hat that I put on. I even had Gore-Tex gloves. I, 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 had, I had shoes that were waterproof. I mean, from head to toe. And I would put that Gore-Tex on and I would walk outside and I would get on my bike and I would go through the rain. I would pass through it. And the rain would pour down on me and I would get to the library, which was my office at the time. And I would get out and I, would, I could look under that Gore-Tex and peel it back. And guess what? I was completely dry. The rain simply deflected off of it. That's what a propitiation is. A propitiation is the fact that Jesus has so united his life to yours that he covers you like a Gore-Tex jacket so that when you pass through the storm and the rain of God's wrath comes down on you, you make it through the other side unscathed. Your sins are melted away and taken away. See, Jesus is your Gore-Tex jacket. That's what it means for him to be your propitiation. That, that, that you are justified, and that means that, that God looks as you as God looks at you just as if you have never sinned. But there's more. There is more. Because Jesus, He so joins His life to ours that, that it's like a marriage, that everything that we are, everything that we've done. Well, it gets transferred on to him that, that, that he shares in that and everything that that he is and everything that he's done. Well, that that we get to share in. We get to receive. 
It's like if you were to get married and you had a, a ton of student debt, guess what? When you get married, your spouse has that debt as well. And, and, and it, guess what? If you get married and, and you have a, a host of medical bills and medical problems, guess what? Your spouse receives those to a degree as well. And, and if you had a criminal record, guess what? That actually is going to affect your spouse's life as well. Uh, your reputation. But it works the other way. If you marry and you marry, you marry a, um, a, you know, trust fund baby who's blue blooded and they are an heir to a fortune, all that you receive. And, and their social capital that they have built up, you get that as well. And their reputation, you get that as well. Well, Jesus has married his bride, the church. Jesus has married you. And here's what that means. It means that all your failure, your addiction, your selfishness and self-sabotage, your hypocrisy, lies, even our social awkwardness and our neuroses, all the ways in which we are not enough, he took on. He received. But there's more. We receive all that Jesus has and all that he has done, every obedience, success, his disposition and discourse, not only what he has done, but what he is inclined towards doing, not only his performance, but his potential, his reward, his praise, his very life, his very self, it all becomes yours. And so here's what that means. It means that actually there are two versions to this movie. There is the explicit parental advisory version, which is what this is, it's unedited. It's the one that we were talking about earlier, but there is another version as well, and it is the gospel edited version. And in that version, every time where you come up to one of those places where you, your stomach sinks and your regrets are so heavy, Every time you come up to that, guess what? It is edited out. And instead, what do we find? Not your fears and not your failures and not your faults, but Jesus's beautiful life. That's what we see. Now, who wants to watch that movie? I do. That's a movie that I want to watch. That's a movie that I will sit up front for. I'll see the movie that has Jesus' beautiful life for me and in me, all the things that he has wrought in me by the Spirit, purged of all the sin. I will watch that movie and I'll watch it over and over and over again. I want to watch that, don't you? And here's why. Because, because that movie shows me that I am loved. God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that movie, it assures me that I am forgiven. Romans 4, 7 and 8, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and those whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count sin. And that movie tells me that I am accepted and acceptable. Romans 5, 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that movie promises me that I am secure. Romans 5, 9. 
Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. And that movie tells me that I can experience all those things right now. And so can you, just the way you are. Because of the way Jesus is. So do you want to have that experience? Then believe. Trust. Cast your life on Jesus. Cling to and rest in and rely upon his person and his work for all that you are and all that you have. But now, Paul says, the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe. So believe. Trust in the good news that you cannot do enough and you cannot be enough. But Jesus, he is enough. And he is enough for you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.